Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm Esty Wicket and I'm joined as ever, but I wouldn't say as ever, I'm joined um, week in, week out, i.e. one week in, one week out, by <laughs> by uh, Bournebrook's Imperator-in-Chief, Luke Perry. How are you, sir? Yes, uh, I'm very well. And the weather, mm, less so. It's been a very sort of dull couple of days. Like Monday, Tuesday, there was a bit of sunshine. Wednesday, it was a a bit cloudy no, started no, raining no, no, no. Sorry, sorry sorry we live in the same region of the country east yeah. Africa, and i'm seeing nothing but blue skies and sunshine well you see we are, we do live in east anglia but not the same part of east anglia no, that's true I'm, I'm effectively you're you're um, coastal i'm effectively I, I'm inland yeah I'm, I'm effectively two miles of estuary from being in the southeast because i yeah. I, I essentially live on the border of East Anglia and the Southeast, but we'll 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 take that um, with a grain of salt and say that we have different weather patterns today. Bear in mind we are recording this on Thursday evening, so um, this may be the weather may be very different by the time this goes out. There there may have been a hurricane by the time this goes out. It doesn't really matter. But weather report is back. It's vindicated. It's unencumbered because Mr. Curzon is not here today. Um, no so opposition insights. So I'm sure we'll see him next week. And even then, you know, I'm the one who edits the podcast, so. Uh, Mr. Curzon has, has has no power here. No, indeed he doesn't. And um, it's it's a shame. Well, you had him on the episode last week, and the worst thing about that was the timing. Of course, you had recorded it. I think that either the day before Roe was overturned or the day before. Yes, it is a uh, recurring theme of this podcast. Is that we miss major news stories by a day so this is no fault of our own it's the sands of time it, yeah it's the fact that we, we, that we record a day or two in advance so the first ever episode we did of the show um we covered january 6th that it just happened but we but the next day um all hell broke loose in terms of you know it being open season on american on the american right um which unfortunately didn't reflect in the in the tone of the episode because we were still sort of in that guttural feeling of you know oh no this is bad you know um but obviously it got much worse after the fact and we're, we're sort of blathering here because uh, it's been quite a slow news week yeah it's been um i don't, don't watch much of the news anyway but it, it's you know, been a slog it's just that the fallout of roe v wade and me working on a previous episode did talk about what would happen if that was overturned and um we've been proven right yet again yeah and, uh, in, in essence we would be repeating ourselves if we were to go yeah. fully into it but we, we can touch upon it in that you know um since since the decision to repeal Roe v. Wade, uh, which by the way it doesn't ban abortion in America, it just it just rescinds it back to uh, state legislation, most of whom have fairly liberal abortions anyway. Um, but yeah, um, we've seen sort of the uh, complete unleashing of uh, well, it's, it, this is sort of the, the the finale of a general procedure of uh, you know incrementally normalizing Moloch worship in American society. Mm. Yeah. And um, one of the big points about, again, to repeat myself, that abortion is confined to the places where all the abortions happen. Hmm. And rural North Dakota, West Virginia and Mississippi are, are not seeing any of these astroturf protests where, you know, liberal American women protesting on their own university campuses, which are the most pro-abortion places in all of human history. And the media are just using it. I mean, I think the Democrats play a very dirty trick. They've had plenty of presidents where... And 
legislatures when they could have signed it into federal law, but they didn't because they need the outrage. They need the election points. I mean, I, I think that the midterms will be a single issue. Yeah, November's on, on, the, November's and, on, the, on the horizon. Yeah, and, and they played their cards perfectly yet again. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the slow news week. But again, as we were talking before the podcast, the news really doesn't matter. I mean, we've had the we've spun from the talk about the by-elections because the Tories lost one of their gained red wall seats to the red ribbon party and they lost one of their seats in the southwest to the yellow ribbon party and uh, all the talk about oh what will this happen will it bring down johnson how will politics be irreversibly changed in this country uh spoiler alert nothing nothing will happen the same policies will be introduced these policies have the same ideology you're being duped you're yeah. a pawn for mass media. I mean, um, one one thing that I've seen enter sort of um, the political parlance of the e right is sort of wrestling parlance, and one of the terms I find really useful is kayfabe, which is the sort of suspension of disbelief that requires that is required for one to enjoy wrestling, knowing that it's predetermined. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think the further one goes down this particular rabbit hole, the more the kayfabe just just you know, becomes glaringly obvious. Where you know, it's all just. It's all predetermined. The news is just a discussion forum for elites. It's how you know. It's how the tone is set. It's how the the level of outrage at certain things and what to be outraged at is set. You know, it's just the communication forum. And 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 to repeat to repeat myself um, before we before we, we move along, one thing I've been saying quite a lot in the various Bournemouth group chats in the last week is um, a lot of the framing around the. Uh, on the uh, the pro Moloch side is is to do with you know women's rights. Well, to that I had to ask one question, which is a woman's right to do what? Well, yes, you see, you'll run straight into a brick wall because number one, it's not about logical arguments; hmm. it's about vice and, as you say, Moloch worship. And uh, again, you'll never be given a seat at the, at the media's table. You're too sane and confident. But again, the, the media is just—it's a top-down forum, isn't it? I mean, even in the most democratic of democracies of which we're not living in one if democracy ever existed to begin with it, it is just the mouthpiece of any regime and I mean, this regime in particular has become very menacing because previous- I'd, say, I'd say in a way we're living in pure democracy because democracy is is but a spokescreen yeah no it, it's it's basically it's it's the way by which the elite placate to revolutionary sentiment by giving people the superficial idea that they're actually making a difference. I mean, you know, but to me, it's nothing more than putting in writing your consent to be dominated by people who hate you. Yeah, it's um, legitimacy shaped as a Trojan horse. Mm. So the politicians usher in whatever, and then they go and do whatever they like, manufacture public opinion towards their goals Mm. and And, uh, and unleash hell on the opponents. And uh, one thing people always say is, you know, oh, if you don't vote, you you can't complain. that's that's not true because I don't consent to this whole this whole process. No. <laughs> I can't. Well, if if you are voting, you are implicitly accepting whatever outcome happens. So all yeah. these people who who backed Boris then didn't like the lockdowns can't complain about it because they voted this voted Boris into office. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like by by um, being a. a conscientious objector from the voting process i have a right to complain because i don't consent to this apparatus which is being forced upon me regardless of what i wish you know and and, and uh, escape is almost possible at this point yeah what, what is one of the most 
strange and malignant counter arguments to our viewpoint is that well people died for your right to vote yeah if we were to resurrect d-day veterans the fallen of the somme and the suffragettes i probably wouldn't have bothered to bother to fight suffragettes for the state at home i mean yeah if, if, if my great-grandfather plucked from the deserts of north africa where he cleared out landmines only armed with a pistol against the might of rommel's army <laughs> he resurrected in you know central i don't know Luton to pull a name out of the hat. Disgusted. Wouldn't have bothered to have left East Anglia to go yeah. North Africa. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they if they'd seen what the nation they fought and died for had had become, you know, I, I think I think think they'd have probably some some reservations. I mean, it's um, you know, uh, I've said this before on on OCP, but like if you look at so one thing I I, I always do is I watch like old like path footage. Just of you know city streets and that sort of thing and it's it may as well be a different species um yeah. the nation we inhabit is not the one that our ancestors built it's not it's 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 a, it is a twitching cadaver on the floor yeah you know compared to what it is it's a slightly damp corpse yeah it's it's already flatlined i mean yeah. we have the same view on how society's progress and there's sort of a circular turn of history and we are in the um well the the end times of something but the beginning times of something else hmm. uh, yeah and i think the something else won't be the uk it'll, yeah. it'll be britain because britain's a you know geographical term and you know uh, i don't think the channel or the north sea are going to be filled in anytime soon um but it'll it'll become something fragmented something smaller and one thing I think it was you, me, and uh, Bob Lollard did a podcast about the idea of escaping the falling tower, which is sort of the, the idea that you know um, re revolution is sort of um, it's desirable at this point, but it's not it's not realistically what's going to happen. I I just believe the regime is just going to collapse like a falling tower, and instead of you know trying to get inside it and sort of go down with it it's it's a matter of getting out of the way emerging when the dust settles and claiming a bit of rubble for yourself mm. yeah because well f f from my political outlook and the thinkers i read and somewhat admire re resistance is futile it's it's too big mm. it's and it's too malicious i say the, the um, i know you make this point that the tyranny of the future won't um, imprison you or kill you it'll just make you poor and isolated and that's exactly its weapon the only thing we could do is sort of to fight back against its arsenal so to speak not directly but as in forge our own spheres of influence our own institutions create our own brotherhood and try to take back what the, the culture deems as i say immoral like i don't know a nuclear family and whatnot and just try to live as independently as possible mm. at the same time knowing that you have purpose because you will outlive your enemies and that's your yeah. that will be your revenge and again that'll be what keeps you driving forward again you know at at some point there will be a collapse and yeah you know, i think it's, it's 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 useful now to go into sort of um some sort of terminology and some definitions because um you know you hear a lot you know that the the regime creates collapse events so that they can sort of you know um sort of re-establish their grip on power i think it's a very big difference between a collapse and a crisis yeah. um a crisis is astroturfed right it is something that is engineered to create um 
desirability for a solution, whatever the solution is. You know, so, you know, if you're drowning in the water and a hand plunges through and grabs your wrist, you're gonna hold on regardless of whose whose hand that is. You know, because you're drowning. Right. That's a crisis. That's, you know, that's COVID. That's climate change. That's, you know, inflation and instability and, you know, and, and insurgency and terrorism, and all, all that sort of thing. But collapse is complete loss of control to a sort of vacuum, you know, and that's something that I, I don't think can be astroturfed or planned at all. Um, so it's just a matter of deciphering where we're at now, because mostly the last couple of years have been have been crisis. You know, yeah. um, the complete breakdown of law and order two years ago, almost to the day, to the day, was a crisis. Uh, coronavirus was a crisis. Um, fuel costs and and cost of living is is a crisis. But some something else is happening here. Something else is, is crumbling. Um, and you know, when that collapses, I mean, obviously we have to be prepared for some very unsavory things to happen, but also be ready to, again, you know, claim a portion of the rubble. Yeah. Well, um, I, I see you can just tell the scale of how far it is into its demise and ultimate collapse is how far explicitly totalitarian it gets. Mm. Because that's at that point. I mean, it's sort of getting to that point now. It's at that point where it is worried that it does not have a monopoly does not have omnipotence or omnipresence and so with the powers it has already accrued it's sort of forgotten its march through the institutions now it's just going full throttle for total hegemony and i mean that creates its own, own problems and instability along with it it's, it's counterproductive in that sense but it is a sign of um, the regime losing it, its control because it's relied on soft power for so long and summary for, for some reason it's now imprisoning people for twitter jokes yeah it's it's now having full full on show trials with mm. with Jan six, mm. and um, that's how you can tell that an animal is frightened, because it will lash out in all directions. Mm. That's the thing is that, is that the regime is it does is... not care for sort of control damage. It will yeah. just go through complete decimation. Yeah, it's, because the the regime isn't, isn't respected. You know, it 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 sure as hell isn't admired. It may be feared, but it's not respected or admired. Um, that is not a, a form of influence that can last for very long. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it, it it just breeds hatred, right? I mean, you yeah. know, there's only there's only so long you can deflect it towards, you know, Russia and Ukraine before people start to realize, hang on, this is happening for a very long time. Hmm. Uh, you know, and um, this is one thing I, I was talking to uh, Mario Lagos about um, on OCP was um, we're talking about you know subversion and um, and how. You know, can, can you still call it subversion when the subversion process is also is ultimately complete? Um, it's now just state propaganda. You know, like like it, you know, we, we we're recording this. I mean, this will go out on July the second, but it's still June um, at, at the time of recording, which is you know is 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 now sort of been uh, codified as you know, propaganda month, um, or at least you know intense propaganda month. Um, you know, and we see things like you know the um, the Union flag on the on um, uh, I believe Oxford Street or somewhere in London being defenestrated in favour of the ever changing Pride flag. And I was talking to I was talking to a sort of sort of normieish friend of mine about it, and and I was trying to sort of say that 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 to me is is no different from the swastika or the hammer and sickle. 
and you know and obviously there was a bit of a weird response because obviously you know for our entire lives we, we've been programmed to believe that you know nothing is as bad as though nothing is as bad as those who are at least a swastika nothing is as bad nothing is as bad no this is a benign symbol it's about it's about tolerance and acceptance which is, which is sort of missing the point which is the replacement of the national symbol with the symbol of the state ideology yeah you know it's like it's you know, it's like when people Prior, uh, during the uh, the jubilee, people were comparing the uh, the abundance of union flags to to fascism or to you know or to the the, the dawn of, of the Third Reich, as if you know the the Nazis didn't change the Weimar flag, as, yeah. if, as, if, as if you know the the um, the Soviets didn't change the Russian imperial flag, you know because it's because what happens with the regime when it hits the total state stage of its you know ascendancy. Is the replacement of the national symbol with the symbol of the state religion? Yeah, and that's just well, the 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 flag in this case has not come out at the start. It, it's come out at the very end of its march to victory, because the Nazis sort sort of had it at, at the very start, as, as did the Soviets. But now it's been occurring for a very long time, as I, I think I mentioned in the chat as well. It's just the soul of Britain had already died long ago. There was little respect for the Union Jack. No one would go abroad to fight for it because of the nation it had become. Mm. And so the coronation was of, as I say, the, the current thingathon. Yeah, right. which, which, is, which is funny because it's sort of it's infused with um, sort of lower tension, sort of ADHD culture that's been sort of exacerbated by by. Um, by sort of ubiquitous personal personal tech, where now the the current thing changes. I mean, what there's been, I'd say at least four current things this year. Mm. You know? yeah. And that's only because to sound like a broken record here, but when one thing loses legitimacy, right, no internal COVID lockdowns, suddenly Putin invades Ukraine. I mean, I'm not saying that Putin's working for them as a criminal mastermind to. You know, deflect the the horrors they inflicted by lockdown. It's just it pivots from one thing to another mm. to ensure that people devoid of moral purpose have new things to latch on, mm. and also you know, and have new ways to direct their energy. Yeah, and and also anyone who's looking or listening will see that this is sort of in Putin's end game for a very long time, is to you know unite the Russian speaking, speaking peoples in the east, in the east eastern Ukraine. It's not like one day he will come up, you know what. Yeah, I'll invade Ukraine today. You know, I mean, um, you can see you can find speeches of his from you know, 2002 where he's talking about this sort of thing. Well, the, the conflict was mainly provoked by a NATO expansion. What has NATO decided to do? Oh, yes, invite Finland and Sweden along for the ride. Which, which is Finland, which, which is a country that had just has been just as brutalized as Ukraine by Russia, yeah. particularly by Tsarist Russia. Yeah, but I mean, which is, um, you know, which has which has been sort of Russia's geopolitical um, interest to the West since about 1990. You know? Yeah, it's it's hard for us as an island nation that successfully defended itself to sort of understand what most of Eastern Europe is under, because Russia, the, 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 the good parts of Russia, or the industry and the people and the economy is on the North European plane. That has allowed you know armies and tanks just to roll across it undeterred by any natural barrier I mean, it's why poland is hardly ever poland it's just getting conquered because of the geography and mm. so that's been any ruler of russia's aim be they communist or a monarch or putin it's to secure their borders 
Brussels and NATO represents a severe threat to that. And how Putin has also built this legitimacy, and the same thing that, that Orban has done and other populist leaders throughout the world, is to pan its cameras to the West. Look how unstable it is. Look how insane it is. They're mutilating your children. They're grooming them for sexual exploitation. And we, we don't want this in Russia, you see. And oh, look, its armies and its influence are strapped in a band across our Western frontier. I mean, I know Putin has just, the Putin propaganda machine, well, not a propaganda machine, he's telling the truth, he's just churning out adverts after adverts of how terrible it is in the West. I know Orthodox priests as well, that they just say how much you know, Christianity has failed in preventing this threat. Which is, which is very similar to uh, the approach of China. Of China. Where um, <clears throat> there was a there was a leak of sort of internal documents from China a couple of years ago, it said that you know China was sort of almost giddy about you know the sort of the <laughs> the self destructive habits of Western elites, you know they um, you know to them you know the the West engaging in sort of you know cultural masochism, multiculturalism, um, intense progressivism is like Christmas for them because yeah. it it it's just you know you have one hegemon which seems to be, or its elites seem to be dedicated almost entirely to its own undermining, yeah. its own weakening. Um, that, you know, I mean, you know, I've been saying this for a, for a very long time, but like Pax Seneca is, is just around the corner because, um, yeah, I mean, the Chinese economy is built on a massive housing bubble or, or a construction well, bubble. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think China will last very long for, for numerous reasons, which we might get into later, but go on. Yeah, I mean, China's whole thing is, you know, fragmenting and coming together again and over and over and over again. But either way, I mean, at the very least, um, the American century is over um, and it's self-inflicted, you know, because, um, again, going back to me, um, my chat with Mario last week, um we were saying basically how nations can recover from physical defeats. You know, um, Germany didn't cease to be in 1945. You know, Spain didn't cease to be when Napoleon conquered it. You know, um, the Greece didn't cease to be when the Turks occupied it, or you know, or, or um, the Balkans didn't cease to be when the Ottomans occupied it. Um, but psychological defeat—that's what—that's what kills a nation. Oh. Going on, on the Germany, the psychological defeat is seen in the East, where 45 years of communist rules rendered the entire population sterile atheist. Hmm. That's where the psychological defeat happens. And um, yeah, as, as I say, don't have a crystal ball. Can't really predict what the future. I mean, go, going back on China, it's it's fertility rate is if they release the true figures, is worse than Japan's. Yeah, they sort of hang themselves on this 996 culture and slaving away in the factories. Whoops, no future generation of workers. And yeah, um, the, the population is due to halve in the next half century, right? Yeah. Century, right? I mean, I think people will, I mean, the CCP will, will still have its grip on power, but its ability to exert strong influence, I think, will be ruined on its economy. <laughs> it's interesting because one one thing you and I always sort of get into, just as sort of like an iron law of our conversations, is uh, the fourth turning, um, and it's sort of it's very similar to. Have you seen the the, the series of paintings, uh, the Course of Empire, by, um, yeah. by by Thomas Cole? It's got the, the famous pictures of um, you know, peak Rome and then the, the sack of Rome. Mm. Well, it, it follows the process of, you know, the savage state, uh, the Arcadian or pastoral state, 
the peak state, the destruction and the desolation. Um, you know, we, we seem to be well in the destruction phase, which is the famous painting of, you know, the statue with the shield and the fires behind it and the, the barbarian sacking of the, of the city. It's, um, I mean, we're there. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a, a matter of, you know, do we have, you know, the organisation to actually build something meaningful out of the desolation stage? As I say, as what Roger Scruton says, says uh, good things are easily destroyed, but not easily created. We are now in the easily, well, we're now in the um, created, but they will be skillfully mastered over a very long time, as previous great institutions were of the past. That's what we're in. We're in not ground, but um, no, I mean the the rebuild. Well, we will have to be the rebuilders. We will have to continue whatever legacy we have. I mean, which is no easy task, but it's you know it's it, it's something that's worthwhile. Yeah, something that, that makes a change from the um, the usual the contemporary moral state of the world, which is just oh, the Premier League's on tonight, and um, oh look, you see this on Love Island. Oh, I hated those conversations at work. Well, I couldn't I mean, engage in them, and I'm thankful. That's yeah. that. That's another thing too. I mean, you know, it's always been said that you know. If you want to keep the people happy and quiet, give them bread and circuses. You know, oh, yeah. well, what happens when the bread runs out? Yeah, you know, that's how you get heads. What on. happens when that when the circuses become so um, mundane and terrible? It wakes up the normies. And well, at the minute, Hollywood sort of hang itself because it becomes so totalitarian with its hiring practices, and uh, of course, Harvey Weinstein scandals. So, um, yeah, that. I think I think the circuses will come to a swift end as well. Yes, yes, they will. Okay, I think uh, I think I think that's all we have in store for this week. Um, it's been uh, it's been another ramble, but I mean, if you, if you're a regular listener and you've listened to the ones with me and Luke, that's sort of what is to be expected of uh, of these episodes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we we call them the uh, unofficial OCPs, but. They'll become the OCPs uh, in a yeah. couple of weeks when the show comes to an end. But um, I mean, um, so yes, we'll, we'll be joined again by uh, Mr. Kozen next week. Uh, until then, uh, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again next time. Cheers.